Good afternoon. Thanks for being with us. It's midday. I'm Tom Hall. The Baltimore Orioles will soon have a new owner. David Rubenstein, erstwhile of the Carlisle Group, has assembled an A-list roster of investors that includes Cal Ripken Jr., former Baltimore Mayor Kurt Schmoke, former New York Mayor Michael Bloomberg, and Michelle Kong, who is adding the Orioles to her portfolio of several women's soccer teams. Rubenstein is Baltimore-born and a lifelong O's fan. He is saying all the right things about wanting to bring a World Series championship back to Baltimore. This week, the team traded for Corbin Burns, a Cy Young Award winner who is one of the best pitchers in baseball. So as memories of last Sunday's Ravens debacle fade, pitchers and catchers will report to spring training on Valentine's Day. The Labor Department announced jobs numbers that blew way past expectations. 353,000 jobs, 353,000 jobs were added to the labor market, indicating continued robust economic growth. The number of available jobs far exceeds the number of workers looking for work. The department also revised its numbers for 2023. The 3.1 million jobs that were added last year make it the strongest year for job growth since 1999. WIPR's Bree Hatch reports that Eric Eiswerk, the Baltimore County principal accused of making racist and anti-Semitic remarks in a recorded phone call, is still not back in the building at Pikesville High School. He has still not commented on the incident either. His union has asserted that the recording is a malicious fabrication using AI. County Schools Superintendent Miriam Rogers says an investigation as to the validity of the recording is not yet complete. And after a week of dramatic and often contentious testimony from the defendant and her former husband, on Monday, lawyers will offer closing arguments in the mortgage fraud trial of former Baltimore State's attorney, Marilyn Mosby. Our news partner, the Baltimore Banner, has been covering the proceedings in federal court in Greenbelt. Joining me now is the Banner's political editor, John O'Connor. He's on our digital line. Hey, John, how you doing? Hey, how are you? I'm doing fine, thanks. So uh, this trial, very different in many ways from the uh, trial uh, in which uh, Marilyn Mosby was found guilty of perjury. In that trial, she elected not to testify, and this one she did. Uh, what, what difference has that made this time around? Well, we, ha- you know, we have a lot of different uh, viewpoints on how the mortgage was filled out here. So we have we have her talking about it. She has said she's gotten bad advice from um, the mortgage professionals she hired to fill out the documents, uh, bad advice, or, or at least um, holes in what her husband had told her uh, about the family finances. Um, so yeah, we, it's with her taking the stand in this case, we, we, we're getting a much broader picture about um, how it came to be that that she applied for this mortgage and and, and the, the details here that the the federal prosecutors are, are trying to prove. And in the first trial, uh, she was uh, found guilty of uh, not, uh, not illegally taking out money from a retirement account uh, to uh, put a you know, down payment on these properties she bought in Florida, and there was a lot of. Uh, conversation between the two sides and the judge in this case, Lydia Grigsby, about 
not mentioning what happened in the perjury trial at this trial for the mortgage fraud accusations. Um, and in fact, the Mosby team uh, was the one that wanted to separate the two charges in two separate trials. But then that all blew up. Uh, how did that blow up? Why is it that all of a sudden prosecutors uh, were granted some leeway to reference for the jury this uh, conviction that uh, Ms. Mosby had uh, a couple months ago? Uh, well, I have to say, I, I, I was not in the courtroom, so I, I don't have all the details here. But, uh, you know, our, our reporter, Dylan Segelbaum, is, has been there. Um, and there's been a lot of back and forth about all of this between between the judge and the prosecutors. Um, you know, part of this got shut down as well. I mean, the, the prosecutors tried to bring up uh, questions about uh, statements Nick Mosby had made on his taxes uh, you know, accusing him of, of, quote, repeatedly committing perjury and trying to claim some deductions there. Um, and, and so, you know, I, I think all of these things are <laughs> are going to get uh, fought about uh, in, in appeals and things like that, depending on, on what happens here in the decision. Uh, uh, Marilyn Mosby uh, said, according to uh, Dylan's reporting, that uh, she had decided to testify in this trial because the jury needs to hear my truth, referring to the previous conviction, which she said she definitely plans to appeal. And that opened the doors to talk about all sorts of stuff, but it delayed uh, the proceedings uh, in a significant way. There were a lot of uh, sidebar conversations where they played white noise and the jury couldn't hear what was uh, being said between the attorneys and the and the judge. Um, there was some concern uh, by the judge that the trial was taking too long. It was taking longer than she had uh, told the jury they could expect to be, uh, you know, uh, obliged to, to, to serve on the jury. Um, what's the uh, what, what's Dylan's take, do you think, about uh, whether or not the jury is uh, getting annoyed about this whole thing because it's, it's going on longer than uh, they had hoped? Well, I mean, it, it seems like it is about to wrap up. So I think some of those those concerns uh, have probably been mitigated a little bit. Um, but uh, you, you Marilyn Mosby taking the stand is interesting here because, um, you know, all as we talked about, getting more of the details about how these documents got filled out are kind of in her place to her defense here that, you know, did she know about what exactly was in those documents? Did she know she was misrepresenting uh, what were put in those documents? I mean, those are kind of key questions to, to have to answer here. And so, you know, we get we get that dramatic moment where she takes the stand and, and uh, you know, as she said, came came to her own defense here and gave gave her best defense. Um, she blamed, as you mentioned, she blamed the mortgage company, said they populated the form. She kind of signed it without really uh, looking at it carefully enough. Uh, she blamed uh, Nick Mosby, her uh, now former husband, for withholding information about the tax lien that was on their property. And, uh, of course, Nick Mosby uh, lied to the press about that repeatedly, lied evidently to her about it repeatedly. Uh, she wrote a letter saying that she had been in Florida for some 70 days uh, when, in fact, that was not true. Um, she had this uh, whole a situation where Nick was going to lend her $5,000, which she needed for one of the closings, and uh, she con was concerned that he didn't have the money, so she sent him the money, who then and then he sent it back to her, um, which raises all sorts of <laughs> questions about uh, if she had the money to begin with, why did she need a loan 
from her former husband. Um, it, both of them uh, were 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 painted uh, in the the testimony that each of them gave as as people who were really not very at all adept in uh, in handling their finances. Um, what what do you think as the political editor uh, at our partner, the Banner? Uh, what are the political implications for Nick Mosby, who is uh, at least uh, putatively a candidate for re-election as uh, Baltimore? city council president. He's not signed up with the Board of Elections yet, and he may not, but um, uh, as, of, as of the moment, he is saying he's, uh, he's going to run. Yeah, I, I mean, I think uh, this trial does not help, right? Uh, it, it raises a bunch of questions, um, and we should start by, you know, kind of setting the stage of, of where Nick Mosby is in terms of his re-election campaign, and that, um, you know, he is widely viewed among a broad part of the, the voting population. He's, he's unpopularly viewed. We, you know, we had polling um, that we did last year that, that showed both he and his wife were, uh, you know, a majority of the people we polled viewed them unfavorably. Um, so he starts off at a disadvantage here. Uh, and then he's got a very tough race against a uh, one very well-funded opponent in, in Z Cohen, another opponent who, uh, has previously served on city council and Shannon Sneed, and she's she's using public financing. Um, and, you know, voters look at that race and they they kind of see none of the above, uh, at least according again to a poll we, we did back in September. So all of that is to say he was facing an uphill climb to begin with. And then we get into this trial and, and uh, federal prosecutors for seemingly the first time here raise the specter of could Nick be facing uh, federal charges somehow? Because uh, up until this point, we've kind of very loudly and clearly proclaimed in our stories, and I've edited a few of these, you know, that Nick Mosby is not facing federal charges here. Uh, and, and then all of a sudden, that changes. So you have that political situation. And then you, as you mentioned, you know, he, I, I checked about an hour ago, he still hadn't filed. Um, he hasn't done some of the very basic things that candidates do to, to kind of run a, a uh, well-oiled machine of a campaign. You know, he, he doesn't have a, an account with ActBlue, which is kind of a nuts and bolts fundraising tool. It's about the most powerful tool uh, Democrats have to raise money. Um, you know, he's got unpaid campaign finance violations, fines uh, that haven't happened. His, his website's not up and running. So, like, there's all these basic steps that despite the fact that he says he's running for re-election, he hasn't taken yet. So uh, it's not kind of inspiring of a, of a well-run campaign here. Yeah, and as I understand it, uh, he, uh, he owes $8,300 in fines for uh, bad reporting of campaign finance information in previous elections and uh, that he's not allowed to sign up uh, with the Board of Elections and be on the ballot unless those fines are paid in full. And obviously, uh, you know, they are, both the Mosbys are having financial uh, difficulties uh, at this particular moment. So, uh, whether or not he can afford to run for city council president is, uh, you know, a question that I don't think anybody actually knows. Um, is there any sense that uh, Zeke Cohen or Shannon Sneed, one or the other, uh, who, as you mentioned, are running against uh, Mr. Mosby for city council president, um, is advantaged more by Nick's? Um, problems uh, with the the IRS. And as you say, they've accused him of perjury on his tax return. They haven't filed charges against him. 
Um, and who knows what's going to happen in that regard. But do you think this uh, gives a, a, the upper hand uh, in one way or another uh, to either Zeke Cohen or Shannon Sneed, one more than the other? Yeah, it's. I think it's really hard to say right now. The the broad dynamic is when this was a two way race, we we polled before Shannon Sneed uh, announced that she was getting in the race. That uh, most people who responded wanted a choice other than Zeke Cohen, or or at least a significant portion of the people who responded wanted a, a choice other than Zeke Cohen or or Nick Mosby in this race. Uh, so. It's not like the alternatives here were, were wildly popular uh, prior to this announcement. You know, maybe that means, uh, you know, someone like Shannon Sneed or even another candidate uh, who might file before the, the deadline uh, a week from today um, could take advantage of that, you know, place themselves as, uh, you know, the alternative, the, you know, uh, the corruption-free kind of choice for a city council president. Um, you know, Sneed kind of uh, put out a statement earlier this week that, that kind of hit some of those notes, um, but it, it's definitely it definitely will uh, will change the dynamics of this race, and I just don't think we know yet how those how those dynamics are going to change. Yeah, and we will know uh, certainly a little bit more by uh, the end of the day uh, next Friday, a week from today, as you say. That's the deadline for anybody running for any office uh, to file their paperwork with the Board of Elections. John O'Connor is the political editor for our news partner, the Baltimore Banner. Thanks, John. Have a good weekend. Hey, thanks so much, Tom. Up next, we'll check out what's in theaters and online this weekend when Jed Dietz joins me for this month's installment of Midday at the Movies. I'm Tom Hall. Stay with us. You're listening to member-supported 88.1 WYPR.